It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. And joining me today, as always, is my co-host, Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, what is going on, sir? Not much. Uh, we are uh, we took a couple of days off. We get to digest a little bit of a preseason game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm ready to just kind of talk about the results of that, lots of lots to digest here, honestly, with yeah. injuries and everything else. It's kind of there's a lot to kind of ingest. Right yeah. Let's, so let's go ahead and start with the injuries, because I think that's really probably the biggest storyline of the game. Uh, let's start with the most important one. Sean McHugh. No, we'll we'll, we'll get there. Uh, Neville Gallimore uh, it seemed yep. like when it happened, he had a pretty serious injury. Uh, I think Mike McCarthy even called it severe after the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're getting some kind of mixed reports on how long he's going to be out, but I believe, is it a dislocated elbow? Was that the report? I, I think it's still just calling it a hyperextension. It's a hyperextension of the elbow. So, Todd yeah. Archer said four to six weeks. I saw another report. No, that said, I think I, Archer said six to eight. There you go, and yes. I, we, we're seeing other people that are reporting four to six. So, it, But, I mean, in all honesty, that's the best case scenario for the Cowboys. Yeah. Like, Because yeah. I, I – in my mind, as I was thinking about this, I just assumed that he was gone for the season. And yeah. even if it's at the end of the outcome, like eight weeks, to get him back early October, you know, only missing three, four games, uh, you're okay there. So uh, my thing I was going to ask you is how big of an early season loss is this for the Cowboys? Well, it's not great. I mean, it, it, certainly where it hurts is kind of figuring out your your. 53 man roster right because now you know the, the it's levels of bad right like okay great he's not he's not gone for the year now our problem is how do we deal with his his uh roster status when cut down comes obviously they're going to hold on to him right obviously i i, I would just put him on injured reserve right yeah but but i'm saying my point is is that unfortunately what this means is that this is one guy who you're going to have to keep the, uh, over the regular season, in, at least for the first day, in order to injure reserve him, you can't. And that's okay. I don't think yeah. it's an issue. I really I mean, the problem is, is that it's one less guy, you know, that, that you have available to play to you uh, that you got to wait to try to pass through, you know, the, uh, uh, someone that you're relying on week one to play has got to get cut and then make it through waivers in order to get signed. You know what I'm saying? So, right, right. Um, yeah, that's, that's really where the, the only issue is. So, hopefully, he'll be back, like you said, after three or four games. Um, it's a spot where we don't have a ton of depth. I think we, you know, we, we've, 
I mean, maybe maybe that's not the right way to put it, though. I think that the issue is that we don't have a lot of top end depth like the, what we were hoping for him to provide, right? And and I think you have guys like numbers to kind of come in and, and take eat those snaps up. And I also think that one of the benefits of having kind of a versatile scheme is that you could find ways to uh, you know mix up the alignment mm-hmm. a little bit and take the the necessitation that you need a three technique yeah. Yeah. Uh, on the field. It, you know, maybe play two more kind of that kind of two, four look that we've seen them running like with nickel and stuff. So, um, you know, they have ways to work around it probably better than they would have a year ago now, but it's still not great. I mean, this is, this guy was a guy that you were hoping to come in mm-hmm. and immediately produce for you. Um, and you know, at the very least he's going to miss probably the first two games probably, but, but more than likely more than that. I'm not so worried about the roster construction part of this, except for <laughs> what if Tristan Hill practices in two weeks? Then what do you do? Yeah, I mean, honestly, that's that. Now it almost makes you feel like your uh, your plan for Tristan Hill is trying to kind of using roster mechanisms to kind of sneak him on and maybe be him, have him as a uh, a reserve wave to come off of a pup. You know, at some yeah. That, point. Well, that's the thing is because if he practices, he's off pup, right? Yeah. yeah. So now, now that option's off the table. If you keep him on pup. He'll miss, miss the first six weeks of the season, which I kind of think he needs to miss anyways just to yeah. get kind of back in shape. But if he's ready to go and he starts to practice, now we've got a problem. Um, well, I mean, in, and that's the thing, right? Like, I mean, you almost need him to, right? I mean, now that Gallimore is hurt, either – if you're going to be missing Gallimore for a couple of games, it's like you really do need to figure out what your defensive tackle situation is for week one and two. Maybe you don't want to make, like, season-wide decisions in order to account for him – being gone just two weeks i understand that yeah, but you still yeah. need to have a plan of some sort you know and, and that's going to be difficult so, especially with hill i'm going to ask you the question that everybody wants to know right now listening to this podcast does the neville gallimore injury mean that Ca- the cowboys are going to sign geno atkins i don't know that it does i okay. mean especially I, I think any signing of geno atkins they would really really want to wait until after week one because they don't want to guarantee the contract you know yep. and so yep. Uh, yeah, and that's kind of part of the roster gymnastics I was just talking about is that, you know, you need guys to have snaps. I mean, you've already been force-feeding Bahana and, and Hamilton and uh, Odigizua a ton of snaps, and they're probably going to play a ton of more snaps these next two games. So you really need those guys to stay healthy, uh, but you also want want to find a way to avoid potentially signing a defensive tackle that you might have to bring in, you know, for the long term right. until after week one if you can all right, two more injuries. We'll get through these ones fairly quickly. Ty Naseki, uh left the game early with a, like I think what they call it, a knee injury. He actually left practice early on Wednesday as well. I don't get the sense the Cowboys are concerned. Are you? No, I mean, I, I, as long as nothing's coming out since the game, then it, it, yeah. it doesn't sound like it's very serious. I thought that the, the tackles actually had a pretty good night. Yeah, I think they're fine. Uh, we'll talk about that in the, in the review a little bit. But, yeah, okay. I, I, as long as they're not hearing any other entry int- stuff from them about Nseki, I'm not as worried about it. No, I don't want to spend a ton of time on this one. But I <laughs> I actually think this is the roster construction one that I think is a little bit more challenging. Sean McEwen, who by all accounts has had a good training camp. He had a good first preseason game. He suffered a high ankle injury, and Landon, we know that those are six mm-hmm. to eight week injuries. What do you do with Sean McEwen now? Because your options are either keep him on the roster and then put him on IR after you know the, the initial cuts. You waive him injured now, and then he reverts back to IR, but he's now subject to waivers. I mean, what do you, what do you do now? 
it's tough. It's tough. I mean, you know what? What makes it even more tough is kind of you know the whole uh, th- deal with Dalton Schultz, right? Is yeah. that you know yeah. Schultz is in, the, in a contract year? You're not exactly sure what you want to do with him yet. You would love to hold on to McEwen as Schultz insurance in case that you can't mm-hmm. figure out a way to re-sign Schultz this, over this coming year. So. I would say that the Cowboys may need to play it safe. And then, again, this is the, the problem. Another guy that they would have to hold on through cuts and then let another guy that they are likely going to have to have play in his place get cut and try to make him through make it through rosters. Uh, the waivers, that normally is fine. That normally turns out fine. I mean, most of the time. But yep. there is obviously the off chance that, that, that it doesn't work out this time. I think you'd be okay keeping him on the active roster – cutting Jeremy Sprinkle and then bringing him back a day later. I don't think anybody's going to be yeah. banging down the door to bring Jeremy Sprinkle, especially after I, I watched, I watched that game. Uh, we watched it tonight and Sprinkle did not play well. So maybe the no. Cowboys are just cut Sprinkle and look for somebody else to fill in that spot, but and maybe Blake Bell's available. Like we talked about. Yeah. yeah maybe Blake Bell is available, but, I, but I'm, I'm monitoring this one because I don't think Sean McEwen is somebody the Cowboys want to lose or potentially lose if they wave injured him at all. Real quick, before we get into the game review part of this, before we leave the injury part, we should also update everyone since it has been since uh, Thursday about Dak. I mean, we haven't actually talked about the, the latest news with Dak, but it's really no news. It's basically what we've been talking about. I just th- thought we should throw that in, that obviously the Cowboys are not coming out and saying they're having the MRI. It was precautionary. Everything came back positive. Dak was throwing the football before the game on on yep. uh, Friday. So uh, just kind of throwing this in that you know we were kind of on track with what the timeline was for Dak, and it looks like he probably he yep. might get a chance to play against Houston. Yeah the the uh, the fourth I mean second MRI was fine. It came out clean. I'm gonna keep saying that. Keep, keep doing that joke. I love it. Uh, all right, let's take a quick break so I can tell you guys about Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way. To bet on all your sports action, baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all of the action on Bet Online. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, Lena, let's do winners and losers. Um, I know we have quite a few winners, actually. But go ahead. Give me, give me some of your favorites. Oh, man. Well, um, I mean, I think the obvious guys who really stuck out were Dorrance Armstrong, really had a fantastic, strong game. I kind of four impact plays he made in the first half. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean that sounds right. I think what, a tackle for loss, two sacks, and a pass deflection probably, right? Uh, yeah, he also had a play on a screen where he was at the opposite side defensive end, 
and came down and made the tackle short of the first down. Like he was, it was the best game I've ever seen him play, to be honest. Yeah. And, and look, I mean, I think this is a guy who's shown you stuff throughout training camp. Uh, he showed you different kind of stuff last year. I think, at, you know, there were points last year where he was really kind of looking like a, a, a very approved player in ways that I don't think a lot of us anticipated in his, mm-hmm. some of his drops and that sort of thing, uh, you know, past uh, defense drops and that sort of thing. So, um, you know, now what we've seen is it's just watching him. He just looks like he's, you know, a, just a bigger, fully developed athlete. I mean, he's still – I mean, you have to remember, I, I'm pretty sure he's still only 24 years old. Like, yeah. maybe he's only 23, honestly. Uh, he's 23. He's, I just checked. 23. Yeah, he's so he's, you know, fully developed man now. And, and you know, he came into the league as, as tw- in 20 years old. Mm-hmm. He just looks developed. He looks like he knows what he's doing. He, he's playing with a – with an attitude that I've never really noticed before. I think that mm-hmm. maybe kind of comes with confidence and comes with, uh, you know, just a, lo- a renewed commitment. Um, you know, again, I'm not going to get burned by Dorrance Armstrong again I, 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 with the training camp. I mean, he's, <laughs> he's now become the new Malik Collins for me. Yeah. Where, yeah same you, know, thing, yep. you see, you see it in training camp and then it just, it never kind of materializes that way in, in regular season. I believe in him, but I'm going to believe in him quietly with myself. But I think he had a fantastic game. Um, you know, I, I think. Can we stay in the defensive line? Yeah, please. I go got ahead. one. Yeah. Osa, man. Our, yeah. our guy, Osa, Diggy Ziwa. So um, he, he got a little bit tired as the game went on. And you could see it. And this is a trend because he plays so many snaps. He's played. I don't know if you saw this tweet from, from me this morning. But he has played 119 snaps for the Cowboys over the last two preseason games. I was going to say 120 was my guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, he That's has awesome. played a ton. Um but he he has some snaps early on in the game against Rodney Hudson, who I think might be the best center in football, where he like manhandled him. He had one where he was kind of stacking him right at the line of scrimmage and made a tackle. He had a play where he just beat Rodney Hudson up the field. Uh, he had a play later in the second half where he completely beat the center off the line of scrimmage and made the tackle for a loss. He had another one where he pushed the center back into the legs of the quarterback. I mean, he... He is so much fun, Landon. I, I think he might be the rookie I'm the most excited to see in the regular season. I mean, again, like if you go back and watch, I mean, this is kind of what we were we've been talking about for a while. It's just he has he for for how not, not very much production he has, right? Mm-hmm. And, and he played at a big school, and, and obviously they moved him around a lot of different spots, but he has a skill set that's just rare. Like a blend of, of of leverage, strength, and 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 you know flexibility. That's an explosion. That's just I agree. It's rare, and, and I think it's really starting to come together for him now. He's 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 understanding it a lot better, and you know, hopefully the Cowboys. They really need it, obviously, with the Malik Collins, uh, with the Malik Collins. See, with the Devil Gallimore injury, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. they really need him to kind of come on. And it looks like he is. I, I also thought that Quentin Bohana really had a, a nice game. Where maybe not quite to the level that Osa did, but there were definitely several snaps where I noticed him. I mean, he's just. You know he's starting to play those double teams even better, but and then you know on top of that, you're also seeing him occasionally you know, hit a swim move and he's in the backfield. And, and now he so, did have a big penalty at the end of the game that kind of allowed Arizona to win. I I mean we don't care about the outcome, but care about you that stuff. Yeah, yeah, but you can't make you can't go offside no. on third and four when the game is on the line. You know what I mean? True, absolutely. But, I mean, but you can but, see the talent; like it's clearly yeah. there. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that that's the, that's the key thing there that we're looking for with these guys. All right. Let's keep going through our winners. Um, Jabril Cox, I, I mean, I know we're just talking about the rookie class, but there's a lot of rookies that played. Made quite a few plays in the run game, had a couple nice stops. Uh, I, he had a play on a quarterback option that was 
like in the second half where he just crushed the quarterback behind the line of scrimmage. He also had a tackle on special teams. I was going to say, yeah, yeah that's the it's, big thing. It's not like he was dominant in the game, but you're seeing some good signs from him through two preseason games so far. I mean, he's, you know, what you're expecting considering his talent level, he's playing, at, you know, against guys that he's more talented than, you mm-hmm. know, because of just the depth of the Cowboys uh, linebacker crew and because of, you know, linebacker politics, basically. He's he's playing against, you know, third teamers, so he should be making every tackle, and mm-hmm. he is. You know, he's out there making a ton of tackles, uh, which has been really great. Uh, let's keep me with linebackers. I'll volley back. I thought uh, Keanu Neal yep. has yep. really started to show up. You know, I mean, I think that that, that strip, that the way that, you know, he worked together with Micah and Micah was holding it up. Yeah. It just reminded me of like lacrosse, you know, almost like the ball man mentality of I'll take the man out. You get the ball. Yep. And it was like yep. one guy was holding him up. The other guy stripping it. And then, and you know, Neal was going for the ball and Parsons was making it's sure perfect. that yes. the man couldn't get it. Right. Uh, I thought that 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 and then later on he made a really fantastic tackle on us like a second and three I think it was to it was a second and one it, it yeah second and one right at the line yeah it was very very impressive very impressive and so I you know the more we're seeing of Neil the more we're seeing kind of that playmaker that we were hoping to get he really seems to have taken to playing linebacker in a way that uh, you know I guess it wasn't unexpected but I mean it's, it's just good to see him kind of the light really start to turn on he really is. He, I mean, out, he really is incredible with the strip, you know, like oh, I mean, yeah. that, that, that forced rip that he got was just, I mean, powerful. And so it was impressive to watch. I really like Keanu Neal. I, I think he's a perfect linebacker for today's NFL. Like the coverage ability can come and go even as a linebacker, but he plays with so much power. Like on that second one run, like he hit the running back and it was, did not move. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so for somebody who is what, 225, 230 pounds, I just, I kind of love him and Micah Parsons on the field together. I think they make a lot of sense. Um, he's not 220 anymore, man. He's, he no, looks like he's 230. No, no. Yeah. yeah he's, he's, they may list him at that, but he's, he's like, definitely he's, bulked up. He's 235. Um, Connor McGovern, I thought played well. If we're going to look at the offensive line. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think, look, Connor Williams, well, we'll talk about we'll talk about Connor, Connor, Williams Connor, Connor yeah. McGovern. You know, I thought played played really well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I think we talked about it a little bit too, just to kind of spin some love here. I thought that the tackles played yeah. pretty pretty yeah. well too. You know, I mean, uh, and not even just. You know, I think what we needed to do is making sure we're paying attention to what's happening in the run game. And obviously, we should talk about this too. The Cowboys made a concerted effort. I don't know if it was just a, a wanting to get this kind of work in, but they clearly made a concerted effort to show us more 12, 13, 21, 22 personnel, mm-hmm. more, more big sets, right? So wait, wait. This is just an elaborate way for you to talk about your fullback. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, oh, I haven't even gotten there yet, but I will <laughs> go there if you want to give me the chance. But, but my point was that – what we saw was I saw a lot of really impressive run blocking, specifically from uh, uh, Nzeki. You know, just a yeah. lot of reach blocks where he was able to get all the way. And this is the kind of stuff, you know, when I'm saying I understand that everyone's upset, like they think that he's not quite up to par where he needs to be. But I don't think this is because he's old. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like uh, he's able to reach a, a three technique, get him turned all the way around and then bury. I mean, you've seen him got bury guys in the ground. I, I, I was impressed with the kind of bounce back game that he had before he got injured. Awesome. Connor McGovern, Connor McGovern is, is definitely the, the sixth best offensive lineman on this team. Yeah, like, yeah, I think oh, there's, there's, sure. there's, there's, there's very little doubt about that. There's a reason that they're trying to work Connor Williams at center. So, because they know that if they get any injury in the, in the interior three, 
their best bet is to put Connor McGovern in as the guard and then find a way to make Connor Williams make them right. But the unfortunate awesome. side of that is the, how we play. We'll talk about that in a bit. Brandon Knight might actually be a guard, by the way. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think he had some good blocks. I mean, I, look, I, his attitude, the way he plays, his versatility, his smarts. I, I, I think in today's NFL where you don't have a lot of these guys and there's not a lot of good offensive line play, he's not, he's not going to get you killed all the time. You may need to have, get some help. Um, but I think having guys like that are valuable, and that's why I don't think he's going to get cut because he's got game experience. He's mm-hmm. mostly reliable for a guy that is your, you know, eighth offensive lineman probably. So uh, yeah, I think and he showed you kind of some of that in the run game on Friday night. Really quickly before we move on, has Connor McGovern shown you enough through two preseason games where you might be okay to let Connor Williams walk in free agency next year? I think he's put himself in striking distance to okay. have that conversation next year. For okay. Sure, you know? that, and that's, that's what we want to hear, right? We want to see improvement for Connor Williams. So they could save eight, nine, $10 million at that spot and maybe devote that resources to paying Randy Gregory or paying somebody else on defense or keeping Michael Gallup. Uh, it's a conversation that we can have at a later time, but uh, I want to take one more quick break to tell you guys about Built Bar, the absolute best tasting protein bar out there. It's hard to even explain it. It's real chocolate, amazing flavors. It's just a great combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar with no crazy additives. Best of all, they taste fantastic. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you will get 15% off your next box at BuiltBar.com. I also want to tell you guys about rockauto.com. It's a family business that has been serving auto parts to customers online for over 20 years. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in the How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. All right, let's do some losers, Landon, the the worst part of the show. Um, Connor Williams, not a center. Yeah, I mean, he's just he really struggled, you know, and um, and, and I do think that we kind of have to give some, uh, you know, before we get into losers real quick, can I just say, I thought Garrett Gilbert played a really yeah, he was good, good. game yeah. considering what he had to deal with. He had two really bad drops. Uh, I think were they both, both by Gallup? Both well, yeah, by and then I think I think I think there was one or two more by uh, by uh, Noah Brown that I thought yep. he, Noah Brown all struck too. Yep, where Gallup put put it on him, and then on top of that, he had two bad snaps. Uh, yep. You know, and so I thought Gilbert, in spite of all that, played pretty decent. I mm-hmm. thought that also uh, just worth mentioning. Cooper Rush had a much much better game. Yes, uh, than we've seen him play in a little bit. Mm-hmm. So um, was was that was a that was a good improvement. Uh, and then obviously before again Nick Ralston. Football this fullback season is fully back. All right, we're fully he had a back. killer block on David Collins. He had several killer really blocks. Nice. Yes, yeah. it really was good. All right, going back to the the, the losers, um, you know it's uh, it's tough because uh, I think he can do the job. It's just I don't trust that he's going to be able to get good enough at doing the job 
uh, the blocks were fine for a real safe, right? Like, yeah, maybe that's my problem. You know, his blocks. Well, I don't know that his all his blocks were fine. No, there. I mean, I, he, he's certainly a better blocker as a guard. There's no doubt about yeah, it. There's one less thing he has to worry about. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But but I mean, I, I, look, he physically can do the job. Oh, it's yeah. That yeah. I, he has to. He needs the experience. He needs the the game experience of of snapping and then being able to do his job after that and mm-hmm. you know making all the calls. I think he's smart enough. To, I think he has everything you need to do the job. I just think he needs seasoning doing the job. But the problem is, is that it's like you have two more preseason games. Is he going to get consistent enough to make you feel comfortable as this being your plan? No. Because otherwise, you're looking at Farniak as your backup center, which I don't. I'm not necessarily trying no. to keep. I mean, I thought Farniak actually played played a little bit better of a game, but I'm not necessarily like making Farniak part of my plans because I, uh, you know, I, I can't get Connor Williams to snap better. I don't think that that's much better of a plan to have a guy that I don't know that can handle the job as a blocker in the no, center. No. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I, the Connor Williams situation puts the Cowboys in a spot where they're going to have to make an uncomfortable decision and whether it's riding with Connor Williams and hoping that he can, he can do the job and, and improve enough to the point where he won't get you killed by the time you need him, right? Like, because that's mm-hmm. the thing is, you don't need him ready necessarily for week one. You just need him ready for whatever you yep. need him to play center, right? So it's 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 rolling the dice to, to take it that way, or you know, unfortunately, you're going to have to figure out something either with another guy on your roster, or worst case scenario, bringing in a veteran, bringing in a young player that somebody else cuts, uh, and then keeping an extra guy in the roster that you weren't expecting because you didn't have a, a backup center plan. I'll give you a couple more guys. Um... All the receivers, like receivers six through ten, there's just nobody there that really stands out. Like you know, there's some years where we we get you know upset because these guys we want to keep them yeah. on the roster. I don't. I, I won't be bummed that the Cowboys cut any of these guys. I won't. Yeah, I mean, it feels like you know, outside of uh, Turner, they're really and and not and Turner's sort of faded. Obviously, the last few weeks. Yeah, it, it yeah. doesn't feel like there's. It, it feels like the top six are the six that we're gonna get, right? Like those are the guys, or or sorry, five, right? Uh, that those are the guys that we're definitely gonna have, right? And if they take a sixth guy, it's probably gonna be either Turner, uh, Turner, or Fahaku, just over Haku because they, you know he's Fahoku, a Fahoku, right? Fahoku. Sorry, Fahoku. I'm gonna get that right. Uh, you know, I, I I just there's no there's no uh, uh, you know suspense there at all. I, I think he's it's just they haven't really shown us anything. Um, another guy who I thought I wouldn't say that he I would say that this, he's not a loser in this game, but took his lumps and I think I think this is a really good thing that he did was Kelvin Joseph. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I think, agree. I think, yep. You know, he he took his lumps early, but I love that he. And I was concerned about that because you just haven't seen that very much. And it mm-hmm. needs to happen, right? You need to see these young corners get beat because they're going to get beat. Yep. Like That's yep. just every corner gets beat. You need to see how they react after they get beat, especially for young players and guys like him. Like, does he lose it? Does he lose control? Can he handle it when he when he gets beat? He, t- he, he took two pretty bad beats, including a penalty, if I'm not mistaken, uh, and then came back later and was able to make a really big, uh, nice pass deflection on a slant, and, and really I think finished out having a pretty nice game. So uh, I would I would wouldn't mark him as a loser because I don't think it was terrible when he uh, the game that he had, um, but I think that he definitely took his lumps and uh, and th- and I I'm actually excited by the idea 
that he took those lumps and then was able to bounce back and, and you know finish strong in the game and, and actually make a play. That's a good call. Um, Jalen? I mean, you know, we all saw what it is. I mean, Jalen is what he is at this point, you know? So um, it's, here's it's, the problem. I, it, with, it's just so clear that the other three linebackers are just better, right? Other four, probably, right? <laughs> I mean, well, I, I was being point. kind, but like, it just I, I think feels he, like what he does is is unique than a lot of the other guys. But but the problem is is that it's not a very valuable resource anymore. And they're trying no. to, to to do things to 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 put him in a place to you know kind of avail himself of his skill set. But the, but the issue ultimately is is that you can't you can't hide the weakness that he has right like it's it's well, so the, 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 the stride has not gotten any better the, the no no it's not, not it's not that it's not that it hasn't gotten better landon he just looks so much slower than he did in 2018 and 19 i don't know what happened i honestly don't because it does not look like the same player at all i i just think that he's being he's probably just being exposed more you know and and, and i also think that we're you're probably you know look I, I think we're seeing it a lot more and he's not making the big i think in 2018 he was making a ton of plays i agree he was yes but i still think he was way more explosive than he was now i I don't know maybe there's been a a a, uh you know a a wearing down because of all the how hard he had to work to get him in the up to where he was in the first place you know so and he's you know listen here's the other thing he hasn't missed any snaps really so he's he's got a lot of snaps on his body at this point and like i said all that extra work he had to do to get where he is, like it could be just taking a toll on his body at this point. I, I think that's a realistic explanation. I think that's actually probably what's happening. I also would say <laughs> when the other three linebackers on the field are Jabril Cox, Keon O'Neill, and Michael Parsons, and they're all like guys that can really, really run, it really just exposes like lack of speed there, right? Well, and late and Leighton's not slow. And late, oh yeah, Leighton can run a four <laughs> you know? sixes, right? Yeah, and 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 when you're that, in, I mean, that's the other thing too is that Layton is actually similar to Jalen, where he's laggy, right? So he has mm-hmm. Layton shows you what Jalen should be running like. Yes, you know, it's yes. like so. Yeah, it's problematic, no doubt. I think they're trying. I look. I think to the, to the organization's credit, they probably realize this is a terrible contract at this point, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. They're trying to do what they can to, you know, th- they have to pay the money. They need to find a way to get their uh, an ROI of some side of some sort out of this. The problem is, is that, you know, all the different rules that they put him in, you know, there's going to be a, a, a time and a place when he gets isolated in a situation that is going to put him, you know, eye to eye with his, his shortcomings. And that's going to be problematic. I'm really curious to see what they do like early on in the season. Like when they play Tampa Bay, uh, can you afford to keep him out there? Because I Bruce Arians and Tom Brady are going to expose that. So when it's actually game time, who are the two or three linebackers that Dan Quinn's going to roll with? I, that's something I, I'm really curious to see. Um, any more? Uh, you go. Any more losers Tom, before we head out? Tom Brady's probably the only quarterback that you could actually put Jalen on a spy with. So maybe, <laughs> uh, maybe that would work out. Um, I, you know, I, I thought that it, it was kind of just a generally, a, a, you know, Coach McCarthy talked about it. it was kind of a sloppy game a little bit. Um, well, it's the preseason. You know, well, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, you know, I think that I, I think that uh, for the most part, a lot of guys played well. We do need to mention not 
losers, but a couple guys I didn't think we mentioned that we should. Nation Wright. Yeah, yeah. Kind continues of really, to be really good. good. Yep. Continues to be in position and defense. Mm-hmm. I, he actually made a play on special teams as well. That was really big. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, excited about, you know, I, I think the one thing that we can come out of this saying that, you know, we're, we have a lot of questions still at defensive tackle. Um, I, I like some of the answers that we're seeing in, you know, DeMonte Casey, can we just mention him real quick before yeah. we go? Did you see him fly down and make that t- tackle in the alley? Like I did. Dude, I did. That, that dude does not play at his, at his size. He plays well above it. So I, I think we have questions at safety, but we'd like some of the answers there. I think we like what we're seeing at cornerback and the depth that we have in coverage guys. I think that makes me feel good ish. It continues to make me feel good as we advance to the preseason. I think defensive tackle is a spot where we've seen some things. We're concerned about injuries, but I don't think we have our, all our answers yet there. So that's really the spot that we're going to be watching coming watching, into yep. this next week. And and also, you know, just the offense. We ha- we haven't panicked about the offense because we haven't seen Dak. We haven't seen Cooper. We haven't seen uh, as much of, of Gallup and, and Lamb as everybody Zeke, else. Yep, yep. We, we need to see these guys. And, and I think that, you know, one one drive of, of the full of, – of the of the band being back together Would be is nice, going to yeah. make Cowboys Nation feel a whole lot better about this offense because we kind of just pushed it off because we're like, they'll be there when we need them. They'll be there when we need them. I think it's time to start seeing that yep. unleashed this coming next week. So I'm excited. Last thing that we'll finish out the show with. Do you know who Pro Football Focus's number one safety is in the NFL? It's is Israel Mukamu, um, right? Mukamu. Mukamu. Going to be a household name. You got to make sure you get that right here by week one. Yeah. <laughs> he was playing all over too. And that's, that's what we need to talk yeah. about. I mean, before we go, he was playing. I think that the reason that you don't need to keep Jermaine Kirsch is because Mukamu can do that role. Mukamu can do basically anything else you need. He, he can be that box linebacker safety hybrid <laughs> type. He plays free safety. Uh, he. He really looks like a player, man. I think he could be a really good tight end eraser too, you know. So we'll we'll see exactly how this develops. But this hey. draft class, man, I, I, it's it's hard not to get get excited about it, you know. But it, it's there's man, it just seems like there's some guys who may not be great, but they certainly are good enough to come in and contribute right away, and, and maybe be players down the road. Yeah, if McConnell ends up being your third safety for the next two or three years, that's a heck of a six-round pick, right? And I don't think that's out of the realm of possibilities at all. And if he can play on special teams and he can back up both safety spots, uh, we'll take it. Uh, That is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. As always, you can download the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Continue to support us on YouTube, uh, Locked on Cowboys. Follow Landon at McCoolBCB. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Cowboys. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. We'll see you next time. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.